leaders give don't take and lead now that's an interesting perspective to be honest with you and john spence john spence explains us why exactly he has that perspective of leadership and why these leaders are going to win in 21st century now i'm really fascinated by his way of actually saying things he is a two times tedx speaker a top 50 leader and all of that i'm not going to get into details because you're going to learn in the description below and in the podcast but for now i'm going to leave you here because i'm super sick and i can't wait to show that interview which is going to be posted right now as you're listening to this i think that's more like an intro so but it doesn't matter like i don't know what i'm talking about i'm super excited for that and i'll see you on my network sort of a little misconception cory okay john i want to say one big welcome to showmate and thank you for being contribution to our amazing podcast i'm super excited to meet you and i'm really honored that you accepted our invite we're super excited like i said to meet you but again first please say one big hello to the audience because they're like i said pretty much just awesome to meet you and second can you tell us the most interesting thing about yourself Uh well Nikki thank you and it's an honor to be on your show and chatting with your audience I hope I can deliver something of great value to them and I think probably the most interesting thing about me at least from a business standpoint is that I've been uh reading at least uh, 100 business books a year every year since uh 1989 so that means basically almost three times as long as you've been alive <laughs> Well, I mean, I've read about our research that actually, you know, the average human reads six books per year, I believe. I'm not really sure, but you know, you're like light years ahead of of, of it, man. Like, but why do you exactly read that many books? Don't you think that the answers are not always in the books? You know, the books help, but they don't give the answers, I believe. Agreed. And and Nicholas or Nikki, you're right that the the average human reads about six books a year or less. the average person uh business person reads a half a business book or less per year so if you were to read one business or self-help book like uh how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie which i know you've read if you were to read one book like that every other month six a year you'd be the top 1% in your country and if you were to read one a month 12 books a year uh then you'd be in the top 1% in the world So the reason that I read the books is to give me knowledge and information that I couldn't learn on my own. Uh there's many 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 famous bright you know people throughout history that have written down their very best ideas and I can learn from all of them. They can all be my mentors. Then I can take that information and go out into the real world and use the ideas I've learned from them and the other things I'm learning from my own experience. to create new ideas that are unique and powerful. Uh I mean, you know that's that's really powerful but at the meantime sad because you know if we read like four books per year, I, I mean our like dictionary, you know, if we're non-English speakers, it's going to be so bad, I'm not going to lie. And also the uh, Netflix actually had like a record watch time 9 billion minutes for a year. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, if we like, I mean, I'm not saying anything against Netflix. I I like the shows there, but again, if we actually make that minutes into books, you know, we're going to like 100 years ahead of time. I'm not going to lie. But anyways, so Well, let me add something there, Nikki. It's not just books because some people don't like to read. So, a lot of people listen to audiobooks 
or they listen to podcasts, or they watch uh, YouTube videos or other things. So I know that many people are not good at reading or don't enjoy it, but it's just making sure that you're you're listening to or or watching really good, valuable information ideas that will help you. Like I, I don't watch TV, regular TV anymore, uh, but I do watch you know uh, informational shows, how to documentaries, and things like that that will help me learn more knowledge. Well, I believe not like any everyone can read, but I believe it's more like not everyone can actually um, read a hard copy because when you meet a person. Uh, it doesn't matter which person it is, everyone has a book in them. You know, our life is freaking book, you know. It's non-fiction yeah. plus a bit of fiction. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I don't think it's more of the reading, but if it's just the lack of um, curiosity, you know, the, thing, the, the word that actually got us where we are today, the curiosity, man. I get, I'm getting, like, chills when I say that word. I can hear you. That's, I agree. Uh, that And the curiosity is, leads to your pursuit of knowledge in lots and lots of different ways. That's true. You know, you don't have like straight away. But anyways, we're here to actually ask you, since you're an expert in that, we want to become the leaders in the future, me and my audience. So what do you think, firstly, is going to make a good 21st century leader? Well, if we just go down to uh, general ideas at a, at a base, um, as I did said in my TED Talk, you have to have... Um, a solid IQ doesn't mean you have to be a genius, but and and you can build up your IQ by reading, studying, learning, having a mentor, so you can get smarter. EQ, which you and I chatted about for a minute, which is your emotional quotient, is actually going to be as important or more important than your competencies, your IQ. And for those that don't know EQ, that's your ability to understand and empathize with the feelings of other people. Uh, to make genuine connections and to create caring relationships. And then the last one, which is really interesting, is AQ, which stands for your adaptability quotient or your agility quotient. And that's your ability to, with all this technology and all these things that are rushing at us, to be able to take in new ideas, understand them, throw away old ideas that don't work anymore, and be very nimble and agile and adaptable in an ever-changing marketplace. And Nikki, I think the third one, the AQ, the adaptability quotient, is going to be the single most important factor. You still have to have a high IQ and a very high EQ, but if you don't have AQ as a leader, I don't think you can be successful in the future. I believe that's also important for, like, you know, startup entrepreneurs as well, you know, because I've read a, a book by Richard Cash, he's an amazing author, Oversimplify, mm-hmm. where, you know, the most successful businesses are ones that are simple. But how do they become simple? It's by making, you know, overcoming the complex, you no, know, the AQ, actually adapting yourself. Yeah. So, well, but, when I, yeah. Uh, when I work with entrepreneurs, so since you talked about entrepreneurs, I'll, I'll take a second to, to describe this. There's another great book uh, called Good to Great by Jim Collins, very, very famous book. And in that book, he talks about the three circles it takes to create a world-class business. And they're overlapping circles like the Olympic rings. Or, or let's just say three things. Number one, it's if you're going to start a business or for your career, for yourself to grow your own life, uh, the first circle is what can you be world-class at? What can your company or you be really, really, really good at among the best in the world? 
Number two is that you're passionate about, that you love to do. Uh, it's hard to be really, really good at something you're not deeply passionate about. So you got to be great at something that's highly valuable. Uh, your business has to be focused on something that you can be world-class at that's highly valuable, that, uh, that you're passionate about. And then the third circle is that it has a strong economic driver or that people will pay you for it, a lot of money, hopefully. And what I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is they have the first two. They're really, really good at something that they love to do. Unfortunately, no one wants to pay for it. And uh, that's called a hobby, not a, not a business. Well, I believe, uh, you know, the real passion that's going to earn you money, even if any money, is actually developed through time, not really like in your heart. Because I've experienced that. I mean, I was thinking that I was passionate about graphic design. It was just interest. I was thinking about Instagram. It was just a hobby. You know, it wasn't a passion. You know, when, uh, when people actually get me up at 2, 2 a.m. in the morning and they say, do Instagram or graphic design, I would say, hell no. Goddamn. Uh, but again, I think passion is... You can't get it. You know, you just develop it with time. You know, uh, like not doing what you love, more like loving what you're doing is the real meaning of passion. But let me tell you on it. Yeah, you're 100%. But, but as a leader, because, you know, business leaders, when people say leaders, they say business leaders or religious leaders. Um, what do you think they do wrong right now? I mean, the young leaders. What do you think is their first mistake? The one mistake that, that actually is holding them back or becoming their, like, true, get, getting their true potential? Uh, and this is going to be interesting. Um, the, to me, the single most important thing that holds a leader back, and it's because it's the single most important thing you have to do as a leader, is to have the courage to tell the truth, to be honest all the time, to be authentic and be your real self and always, always, always be honest. Um, there was a great global study. It was 30 years long, 3 million people, four different uh, countries, no, 12 countries. And they asked people, what is the most important thing you look for in a leader you would willingly follow? And 90% of the people, 3 million people, 90% said honesty. So to me, that's the most important thing that a leader does can do right or does wrong and unfortunately right now in the world we see a lot of people that uh do not put honesty as their highest value as a leader and you know that actually um i believe it's not just that but also you know getting a backlash from the others you know having haters a lot of haters because if you look at steve jobs uh, you know this guy he was an amazing entrepreneur but he was a terrible person you know a kind of terrible person i'm not gonna say like a lot but but, but like, um, you know, they didn't like him. You know, most people, they didn't like him a lot. But well, you, you can't deny that he was a great business leader. Well, let's talk about that for a second. I, um, I've studied Steve Jobs and I met him. And I've spent a lot of time with Steve Wozniak. And Steve Jobs was a visionary, but not a leader. He, uh, he saw the future and he created an amazing company and a lot of value. But as a as a normal leader in business, he was not very good at all. He was a, abrasive and rude and nasty and mean, but it was the way that he pushed people uh, to get better. And he collected around him people that understood that he, he really didn't hate them. He just refused to tolerate anything be less than the very, very, very best they would, can get. 
But I attended a big conference of CEOs and Steve Jobs, after he had passed away, was the subject of a big discussion on this. And we all agreed that he would not be what any of us would have considered a quote unquote great business leader. So basically, at the end, um, you don't have to be a leader to be actually really successful. Like, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, he likes his visionary. So what's the difference between these two, the visionary and the leader? The visionary, well, let's look at Steve Jobs as an example. Steve Jobs had a vision of what he wanted to create, but he didn't really have a genuine connection to the people that he led. He, um, he thought about, he was, in my opinion, my opinion, he was narcissistic. He thought only about himself and he thought only about achieving greatness. And he didn't think a lot about the fears or the worries or the lives of the people that work for him. And again, this is my opinion. And uh, I think one of the big things that we focus on now uh, is studying and talking and teaching leadership around the world is the idea of servant leadership, where it's really you turn it up at uh, the pyramid upside down. It's not the leader at the top and all the people below them. It's the leader at the bottom supporting all the rest of the people. That the leader's job is to help, encourage, love, take care of, and motivate their people to do great work. And I don't think that anyone would have called Steve Jobs a servant leader. And going forward in the future, servant leadership is going to be the main way that effective leaders work. I think we can also say a couple of things about Elon Musk. You know, he I don't say he is a bad person, but he's really visionary, you know. He, he's an introvert, you know. He doesn't like talking a lot with people, you know. He was with Jack Ma in like China, but otherwise he isn't the best speaker to actually, you know, uh, not saying hire but actually invite. But again, he's a great visionary. I, I wouldn't lie to you. I mean, if there's an even greater visionary now than Elon Musk, I would disagree completely. I agree. We talked about this the other day. My friends and I were talking about, is there a, anyone in the world that exists right now like a Michelangelo or like a Leonardo da Vinci? And the closest thing we could come up with is Elon Musk. Um, and again, you just said it. He, is, he does not, not, not set a good leadership example. He is uh, aggr aggressive and rude and abrasive, and he works 20 hours a day and has, I think he's on his third marriage. Um, this is not, you know... Uh, one of the things I always, my definition of leadership is when you become a, become a living example of what you hope your followers will one day become. And I don't think you can be an effective leader setting an example like Elon Musk uh, sits, sets for his people. And as always, these are just my opinions. You know, I'm, a lot of people will disagree with me now, but I would say that Mark Zuckerberg is a good leader. Why exactly? Because on interviews of, you know, uh, see, uh, like uh, executives there, they say that whenever someone achieves something in like the office, Mark actually points out to the whole team. You know, he actually uh, congratulates him and all of that. Uh, you know, I think that's more of a servant leadership. Uh, uh, I would say, you know, because you know many people think that Mark is a bad person, uh, like um, I wouldn't say like a bad CEO. But what's your opinion on that? Well, you know, one of the hard things is we don't get to study a lot of leaders. Uh, on a big scale. I mean, we get we get to see Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos and Larry Page and Elon Musk. Uh, and these people are running huge multi-billion dollar companies with offices all over the world. And that is a that takes an, a different kind of leader. 
because you're not just leading people, you're leading a giant company that in our, in our country has to answer to Wall Street. So you're driven very, very, very hard by numbers and expectations. And I think that changes the way a leader at that level leads. So it's difficult to compare ourselves to people like that because most of us, the vast majority of us, never ever have to run a company that size. So um, Mark might be a good leader, you know, Tony Shea of Zappos, uh, a few of the others. But I think if you go down to smaller companies, you can find some really inspirational, visionary leaders who are still strongly servant leaders. And I think at a smaller business, when I say smaller, under 100 million, um, that's when a leader like that's going to be most important. You know, uh, okay, let's get outside the business world because, you know, leaders are not always in just business. Let's look at history, all right? And, you know, I would go uh, 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 less than a century ago and say that Martin Luther King was really a good example of a servant leader. Don't you think, like, you know, his, his speech, I have a dream, I heard it, like, couple of days ago for a first time for a second actually and you know even though he was like uh, reading reading from something like a text I was really moved by that speech so don't you think that this guy is what all the business leaders and all the leaders at all should be actually like at some level yes you look and that we always have examples of this Mother Teresa Mahatma Gandhi uh, Martin Luther King and a few other like that that are truly servant leaders uh, that that put their their followers above themselves, and I, I like Martin Luther King. I have a unique, uh, persp- not a unique. I have an idea in that that I think that sometimes great leaders, uh, a Gandhi as well, uh, actually Mother Teresa, they do that because they have the courage to take a stance and to uh, to set themselves apart from other people because of their vision of service and their desire to change the world. And again, that that makes it hard for the rest of us. Because we hold people up on a pedestal that have changed the world, and not all of us will get to do that. Some of us will. I have a few friends that have actually started companies to go out and change the world, and they've actually done it. So that it's it's unique. But don't you think that uh, you know Gandhi, Luther King, and all of that, uh, Mother Teresa? Don't you think that they are too like kind? They lack the honesty, the the real honesty of a leader. Well, I think there's, there's, this is an excellent question, Vicky, because it's very complicated. I think from a, a leadership standpoint, talking to their people, they had the ability to be uh, extremely courageous and to say things that nobody else would say and to be very, very honest. But I believe if you study both of their personal lives, they, they had some areas in their personal lives that they did not tell the truth and weren't exactly in line with what a great leader would do, um, where so I would say that they were out of integrity. They had a public face where they were a leader and they served people and they were courageous uh, and they were visionary, but they also had a public life where they were not uh, fully living their values. So I think a great leader is someone who's in, in integrity all the time. They're the same at home, the same at the office. Another word we would use is authentic uh, in all areas of their life. Well, you know, a great leader, I believe, like you said, he has to have integrity. Don't you think that still, even if he doesn't have that and have flaws, he, he or she is still like a uh, key figure, like a figure to actually be, uh, to respect? 
actually, even if it has flaws like a lack of a lot of integrity. I well, I don't know if I'd say lack of integrity is is a is an acceptable flaw, but I think great leaders admit their flaws. They uh, this is one of the things I've learned that the best leaders are the ones who can say I'm really good at this, but I'm not good at this, and I need your help. Or I under I can do this really well, but I can't do any of these other things. I need people around to help me, and they're the first ones to step up and admit I made a mistake. I made a bad decision. I was wrong. I didn't understand, and uh, to 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 clearly articulate their faults and their flaws, so that people trust them and see that they're honest and are willing to be uh, courageous and authentic. Basically burying their ego on the freaking ground. No, because um, there, was a lot, there are a lot of great entrepreneurs who, you know, they achieve success. I won't say names, but they achieve success and they think they know it all, to be honest. You know, they think they actually are, they are good enough for themselves, you know. And, you know, that's what they like, you know, the teamwork, the leadership. You know, uh, since, you, since you mentioned before there's a difference between visionary and uh, leader, I believe now the listeners are going to actually make a difference when someone asks them for a great leader, they wouldn't say Elon Musk or Steve Jobs. They would say different someone who actually deserves it. But don't you think that great leaders, some of the great leaders of the 21st century, are um, like they're not so famous. Well, like they're not so famous on, let's say, the Internet, but they're still great leaders. Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, I think the best leaders are probably uh, working in obscurity. They're helping their communities. They're volunteering. They're running small businesses. They're running charities. They're entrepreneurs, and they are amazing leaders who have an incredible impact on the people that they touch. It just might be that they don't touch enough people to make it onto the internet or make it onto the news or have books written about them. Uh, so no, there are great leaders everywhere. I've had the wonderful pleasure of working for some of the top leaders in the world who run companies or who work in communities that no one has ever heard of, but they're still making a huge positive impact on the world. So John, you've met a lot of leaders. I must, I must give it that was, you, you have an awesome journey, mate. So which, so from your perspective, from all the people you've met, which is the person that actually get, is the closest example of a like excellent leader? I wouldn't say perfect because you know perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. But who is the closest example of a of a great great leader? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a name of somebody that no one has ever heard of, uh, and I worked with him for almost 20 years, and his name is Carl Rapp, and he works in uh, Pennsylvania here in America. And he runs a large manufacturing company that makes gearboxes for big machines. And they, they do all kinds of industrial stuff, oil wells and things like that. And he is incredibly respected by his people. They love him. Uh, but he also happens to run a very, very, very successful business, making hundreds of millions of dollars and is super involved in his family and is honest and straightforward. He trusts his people. And he really, really serves his company. And because he served his company and his people so well, they're massively successful. But more important than the company being successful, he cares about his people being successful and stable and having a great life and having family balance. And you just don't see a lot of leaders like that. He's an amazing, amazing person. 
Now that is since we talk about it again, but that is the real example of what I was actually seeking as an answer, mate. Because social media actually poisoned our thinking of you know what leader is about, you know what leader is. Because when people see a person with a big following, you know they think it's a leader, it's a real influencer, and you know it poisons our mind. I won't say social media is bad. It's really a good, a great tool to actually you know grow something. But again. Do you think that these great leaders are the real influencers in the world? Not these social media gurus or something, but, but these leaders who are more unknown on social media, are they the real example of influencers? No, no, the people I'm talking about are the real leaders and real influencers. And there's a few on social media, but a lot of the people, the quote-unquote leaders you see in social media, I know many of them personally. Um, I've given speeches with them, I've done work with them, and many of them are not at all like you see them on the internet or on TV. Some are, but most are, uh, it's a completely an act when you see them on the internet or you see them on TV uh, or you listen to their podcast. That's just a, a, an act of trying to be a leader and they're not really leading anyone at all. They're just trying to look smart basically. Yep, trying to look smart and wealthy and successful, uh, and like they like they're better than everybody else, uh, and very rarely is someone like that truly a great leader. It's just a show. Oh man, now I'm actually afraid because I got the, quite a few names in my head, which is sad, to be honest. <laughs> That's why I said nothing too. No, and there's some great people on social media, some amazing great leaders, but there's many, many, many people that are not and pretend to be. Well, you know, in our world, that thinking is called fake it until you make it. Problem is people fake it whole life and not make it. The reason is because they fake it too much, you know. And, you know, like I said, authenticity is the really the number one thing we need to look out for leaders in today's century. But how can you be authentic as a new leader, as a, like, upcoming leader? It, and here, Dinky, it's the hard part is you have to be courageous. You have to be courageous enough to be vulnerable, to admit you don't have all the answers, uh, to admit that you've never made a decision like this before, I've never done this before, and I need help. Um, I, I don't know, I've done two TED Talks, and in the, sec the first one, I talked about the most important thing I've ever learned in my life. And I, I won't drag you through the entire story, but I'll tell you the two top things. Number two is ask for help. And a lot of people, uh, especially when they're young as leaders, think that they have to have all the answers and the, the truth is actually the exact opposite. They have to have all the questions. They need to be asking for help and advice and suggestions and input. And I've worked with some of the, the most successful and most admired leaders on the face of the earth and they were all awesome at asking for help, surrounding themselves with smart people and asking for help. Then number two, or number one actually, the single most important thing I've ever learned in my life is you become what you focus on and like the people you surround yourself with. Whatever you think about, whatever you're reading and learning and studying, whatever you focus on and whoever you choose to spend your time with will directly determine what your life will look like a decade from now. Well, don't you think that, you know, since you, you, answer, you said like, you know, your network is your network, you know, you choose who to spend your time with. Don't you think that these high-end people you have to spend your time with are too high? For, you know starting people to actually reach and hang out well you know it's interesting it's fascinating you say that 
part of it is you can hang out with the best people in the entire world through books and podcasts and things like that. So I don't need permission. You and I have talked about it earlier. Um, thinking or no, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I'm sure you've read, or How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I never met Dale Carnegie. He was dead long before I was born, but I still get to learn from him. So I can surround myself with the best of the best of the best through their books. And then um, I have a, a mastermind group I meet with of CEOs that uh, we get together and talk. And some of the people in that group are not nearly as accomplished as some of the other people. Uh, so they're reaching way above their level. But the rest of us who are above them, from a knowledge and experience standpoint, realize that it's our job to help them that somebody helped us. I had mentors, I had coaches, I had people that helped me. Once you achieve a level of success, I believe you owe it to find other people who are willing to work hard and help them rise up until they're very successful and then can help other people. Share, share your secrets, basically. Share everything. <laughs> your <laughs> secrets, your knowledge, your network, your help, uh, every, your advice, everything you can. Give, give, give. Great. Well, I mean, John, that was amazing as you made. I have a few more questions. We're going to wrap this up because I'm completely blown up. <laughs> All right. So my first question is, so if my listeners have any more questions to ask you, which are the best social medias or websites they can get in touch with you? Or maybe emails. Who knows? My email address. My, my personal email address is john at johnspence.com. John at johnspence.com. I will tell you, though, I get about 100 emails a day from people all over the world, and I answer them all personally. So if you send me an email and it takes me a, a few days or a week to get back, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's just that I've, I've got a lot of emails to go through. Well, I mean, that's understandable for every person who, you know, is like a great entrepreneur and all that. So I don't think they're going to, like, misunderstand that. But they will definitely be patient. I'm sure of it. Good. So, my next question is, as we're wrapping this up, what is your last advice to these listeners, to these excited and curious people? What do you want to say to them for the end? Well, well it's a couple of things we've covered. Be a lifelong learner. Focus on the right things. Uh, surround yourself with the right people. Ask for help. Uh, but I'll leave them with this. It's got to be fun. None of this is worth it. All the work and the leadership and building companies and everything is not worth it if you don't get up in the morning excited about what you're doing and come home excited about the day you had. It might be hard, it might be stressful, but it's still got to be fun. Wow. Well, that's an interesting perspective, which I'm also going to implement. And thank you again, John, for your time today. It was really valuable. We all wish you goodbye with a big good and a small bye. And again, I hope one day we can meet again, do a second interview, and laugh at the first one we ever did. Sounds good? It was my... It was my absolute honor to be here. Thank you so much, Nikki.